the Mortal Yogi Podcast with me, Dougal Meacham. Hello, Amy McDonald. You are quite. Hi. <laughs> so, welcome to uh, the Mortal Yogi Podcast where we talk to normal people in yoga, which is harder than it sounds. <laughs> Um, but you are super interesting. We know each other from how long have we known each other now? Uh, a really long time. It feels like a really long time. Um, it's not a decade, but it's getting. It's got to be close. getting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's close. Be getting there, and you have gone from short-haired, barley, uh, uh, hemp-wearing uh, yoga beauty to <laughs> to one of the most glamorous yogis in uh, yoga high heels lip gloss and everything um and super inspiring woman i have to say so uh you'd be so inspired by high heels and lip gloss dougal i could have done that much much earlier (laughs) (laughs) obviously still a little bit to go in our relationship um (laughs) still a couple of secrets so tell us a little bit about yourself because you are you are you we're here to talk about the business of yoga and um i recently did a uh, did a, a surprisingly popular instagram post where i which is basically i didn't know being a yoga teacher i'd have to take so many goddamn photos market myself so much hustle blah 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 oh my god I, I love being a yoga teacher and the response I got was really cool and then I immediately thought of you and went well this is something we should talk about and uh, here you are so you are amymcdonald.com amymcdonald.com.au otherwise you'll end up with a realtor in Texas yeah a what in Texas a realtor she's probably great but unless you're looking to buy a property in <laughs> Dallas make sure you put the AU on the end that's important to know. Uh, okay, so you you've gone from um, from from really a very different person to who you are now. Tell us a little bit about your journey because it's it's super amazing. It's, it's, it's peel back your ears, listeners. Listen to oh. this. this is good. <laughs> no pressure. Thanks, Diggle, and thanks for having me on as a guest. This is super super exciting. Who would have thought that you and I would have podcasts when we first met in Singapore almost right? a decade ago? Uh, okay, so I, my yoga cred, I guess, if you like, is um, I, I was totally, in Australia we have this word bogan, which doesn't really translate to redneck, but it has elements of redneck to it, bogan. which is what I was growing up. Um, uh, very suburban, you know, uh, mince, anything you could make with minced meat was what my mother cooked for dinner. And yeah. Um, and, and I was a very stressed out little kid. I have a pitta dosha. I am, you know, I, I, stress is my misalignment of choice, it would seem. And I was eight years old and stressed out. And um, and and the doctor said, well, you know, she's your daughter is going to have to go on this pretty intense medication because otherwise she's going to give herself ulcers. That's how stressed she is. And fortunately, at the time, my best friend, uh, her mum was essentially a hippie. Uh, and so she was going to do this thing called yoga and yeah. my family didn't know what that was uh, you know uh. we're all about Neil Diamond for religion in our house uh, but but the my my hippie um, my mum my friend's hippie mother invited me to come along to these yoga classes and so I started going and I suspect looking back that it was 
uh, of a Shivananda type of tradition. Mm-hmm. But I did kids yoga as a kid, and mm-hmm. and it stuck. And so I continued on. Um, and as so many yoga teachers probably, I, I think there's some you you would know about this too, Dougal. There seems to be some very common pathways to yoga teaching, or, or yoga. And one of them is like I was an athlete and I got injured, and yoga was part of my recovery. Yeah. Part, one of them is um, some kind of catastrophic life event. And That's I went one. to yeah. Costa Rica, Bali, what, wherever, Ibiza, yeah. wherever I decided. Um, and actually, someone did tell me the other day that one also is uh, I liked looking at women in tight pants. And so I decided to do more. <laughs> might be my other one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's come in. Mine was that my life blew up and, um, you know, I was in the uh, in the in the forest, to use a yoga analogy, big time, you know, separated, mm-hmm. nowhere to live, living, couch surfing, no job, disaster, scratched all the money together and um, took myself to Thailand to do a 200-hour yoga teacher training. And and the reason that I did the training was not because I wanted to be a teacher, as is a common thing mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. community. Um, it was that I hungered for more yoga knowledge. But at the time, at that point in my life, I really had nothing. I my, my ex, we were renovating our, our house and I'd, I'd given her like all of my life savings to do that. So I was penniless, I was self-employed and out of my mind, so I wasn't making any money. But I realized in all of that sort of uh, shadow that I'd never spent any money on myself, that I was very generous with other people in my life, but the idea of spending money on myself was abhorrent. You know, I like you mentioned at the start, I shaved my head for 12 years as an austerity measure, <laughs> like to save money on shampoo. I had it really wow. bad. I was so convinced that um, it was spiritual and righteous to be broke, to struggle, to do it tough, to really labor in adversity. And I, I had money, but I'd never spent anything on myself. So. I was at a yoga retreat, first one I'd ever been on, and at the end of the retreat, the teacher handed out these postcards and said, hey, I've got a yoga teacher training coming up in three months, and it was 8,000 US dollars, and I'd never spent anything like that on anything in my, like, not even a car at that point had I spent that much money, <laughs> and I, and it, uh, the penny dropped, I, I decided to sign up for that training because I wanted to challenge myself to actually spend money simply on something that I wanted to do. Mm. And so that was it. So so the journey to becoming a yoga teacher was really enmeshed in me choosing to think differently about wealth, about artha, about prosperity, and to shift some pretty limiting behaviors and beliefs that I had. And so I did the training um, and I was still working a soul-destroying corporate job, teaching yoga after work to sort of save mm. myself, doing all of that. And then I think it was when we were both doing the our 300 hours in Jakarta mm. that it was really my business grew because of conversations that I had with you and some of our other you know buddies in that at that time and 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 onwards about how I had all of these skills. I had project management skills from corporate. I'd done mm. stuff in writing and editing. I had a coaching qualification. And from talking to all of you, I sort of thought, well, hang on a second. There's a space here for business training and money mindset training that has yoga at its heart. And so why don't I try that on? You see how it goes. And so and so I um, kicked the corporate job finally um, and and have been doing this full time as as my gig as a yoga business coach for I think I'm into my fourth year. And I as I just posted on social media 
today, I have the best job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I get to meet amazing people that are really committed to sharing yoga from all over the world and help them. I get to go to as many classes as I can possibly fit into my schedule. I get to read yoga books uh, guilt-free um, and, and generate <laughs> you know, prosperity in a way that feels like I'm pursuing my own dharma and, and helping to make the, the world better in my own little way as I go. So that's my story. Mm -hmm. That's a good and that's a good story. I remember on our um, when I first met you, it was it was still kind of a twinkle in your eye, if you yeah. like. Um, yeah. I remember you took my um, we had this little project where we had to kind of grade each other's yoga class. And this was one of the best feedbacks I've ever had. And I remember you get you write me all this stuff like it was OK. Your voice was la 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 la. But you should do a bit of this and a bit of that. And um, but you've got potential. And I <laughs> wasn't I more <laughs> compassionate than that? How terrible! You were lovely. It was a lovely thing. I actually still got it somewhere. I think in the training notebook, it's still there. Um, and um, I remember thinking at that time, and now, now particularly with the hindsight, looking back and going, "Holy crap! She's actually really good at looking at people and going." Um, and like, you know, getting through all of the like uh, past the yoga pants and the yoga bling and all the other stuff and just going, this person's got this, this, this and this and they're amazing. You just got to work on this, this and this and this and this. When did, so when did this hit you that, um, you know, this is a mass, the business side of stuff, because you obviously saw I was an OK yoga teacher. But you, when did the business side of stuff, and did you did you kind of begin to think that this is an important part for yoga teachers? Because I have to still I have to still kind of punch myself relatively regularly and say, don't forget this. You have this is stuff you have to do. But you see it as a central part completely. I do see it as a central part, and there's kind of two threads to why. Um, the first one is that. Um, the first one is that if we come back to why you do the marketing and promotion in the first place is simply because that is the mechanism by which you can invite people to experience yoga with you. Mm. And if we've, if we've, if someone has, if we've heard the blow of the conch, if we know that actually my dharma is to share yoga with people, then we need to have people to share yoga with. And, and so if we think about the marketing and promotions less in terms of um, what I might get in the business school and more about how I can be in selfless service, like how can I share what I know about yoga, whether or not these people ever show up to my class, then mm. it gets to be part of, it gets to be more of an offering. It gets to be something that has integrity rather than I'm going to just you know, hustle myself and I'm going to, it gets, to, it, it gets to be more like it's saver. It gets to be more about selfless service because I'm going to share stuff on my Instagram or I'm going to offer free things or I'm going to have a live Facebook class and give it with my full heart and be totally unattached to if someone buys something from, from me or not. Like we get the whole Bhagavad Gita situation in there, if you like, about go for it like your hair is on fire and ultimately surrender to the outcome that you get and so it gets to be about sharing and about you know about conveying the power of yoga and less about the aversion to I don't like sales I don't want to be pushy I don't who am I to have my photo on the internet I 
I'm too old to blah, 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 whatever, to be Keenan McGregor, whatever. You know, it actually gets to be about, okay, there are people who need what I have. I feel called to share it. It's my dharma. So these are some of the ways that I can invite people into my community to experience what yoga has to offer, to kind of get out of the way and become get back more into the energy of being the conduit for yoga rather than the small self who's got to hustle up more people to come to class. So you've totally flipped this around from, uh, from you know, uh, life coming at you and my God, I got to make money to life coming from you and finding, I guess, at the heart of that, uh, what what does come from you? That's got to be the starting starting point, I guess, somewhere. Totally. And just thinking about the, all of your marketing and promotions, whether it's sending people an email or chatting to people when you get your coffee or whatever, doing your social media, just about um, how can I share something that could be in service to someone else? And mm. I know I've had, I'm, I want, this is probably true for you too, Dougal. You know, sometimes it feels like I'm just putting all this stuff out there and I don't know if it's working or not. And then one person will send, will DM me on Insta and say, you know, that thing that you posted yesterday really helped me. Totally. And that's yeah. what it's about. Like if I can help people, people contact me and say, thank you so much for your podcast. They may never buy anything from me. And it doesn't matter. This is one of the ways that I'm in service and there is enough because we live in an abundant universe. It's the, you know, at the heart of Satchitananda, there's more than enough. It's going to mm. come from me anyway. So mm. how can I use my marketing and promotions as a form of being in service and conveying the healing benefits of yoga to the people who want to receive them from me? But the mm. other thing that I think, if we come back to that, at the start of your question about the two threads, the other thread the reason that I'm such a proponent of the business of yoga is because I believe that starting a business and running a business as a spiritual practitioner gets to be part of your yoga as well. Like if mm. you have to deal with someone who wants a refund and you've already spent the money or someone who trolls you on Facebook or, you know, or a fight with someone at the space that you rent or, like, or all of that gets to be grist for the mill of your own personal development. So mm -hmm. I think having a business is like a mm. crash course in personal development. You learn, so I know I am, learning so much about myself using the business as the, as the sadhana. Now let's, I think I have to roll you back because I am in yep. a uh, close to what is uh, one of the most socialist nations on the planet. Um, I think... <laughs> Maybe only Sweden and uh, uh, Liechtenstein maybe are a little bit more socialist than Scotland. Um, when I so I came from Hong Kong, which is probably one of the most um, capitalist centers in the world. Like yoga is a business, sure, no problem, let's do it. How much does that cost? Uh, to uh, recently, um, I went to a photo shoot. Um, I tried to have a photo shoot at a yoga studio. <laughs> I just emailed them, hi, you've got a beautiful yoga studio. Um, can I do a photo shoot in there when you're down in your downtime, when you've got nobody? The email that came back was, hi, yoga is not a business. Um, you cannot use our studio because that would cheapen its energy. Um, so, so no, yoga is not a business and you may not use our studio. That is, uh, and it's not only in Hong Kong, in, in Scotland I see this, I see this a lot in Europe in general. 
Yoga is not a business. How dare you think of it as a business? How that is, I see that a lot. And a lot of the, what you said is kind of the selfless, self-sacrificing, self-flagellating, self-belittling stuff starts from here. How do we in yoga resolve these two uh, contradictory or seemingly contradictory things? Are they contradictory? Are we are we fooling ourselves as we got confused along the way somewhere? Because this is this is this is what I see as almost in my yoga teacher trainees. I see this almost as the the starting point for eighty percent of them. It's like I can't I can't see this as a business. I can't I don't have I don't have there's a there's a big contradiction here. How do we get around that? I love this stuff. <clears throat> it's a great question. And I think we need to first have compassion for um, wherever people are at, whether they change their mind or not. Um, I mm. know when I did my first two hundred hours, uh, the guy who came to talk the business of yoga, he I was so triggered by everything he had to say. I was doing exactly what you said. You know, mm. poverty is is good. I should be a you know I, I should renounce the world. I should <laughs> beg with my gourd. You know I oh, had the whole good thing. Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um and I even I mean this has not been a like an overnight switch. I remember one of our modules in Jakarta. I brought mm. food from home. Like it's Jakarta. I remember Living that. Expense not high, but Amy brought food from home to save money. I wasn't kidding about twelve years of saving on shampoo. I had a bad. So I, I have so much compassion for people who are there and I'm not proposing that my way is better, mm. but I do know what it's like to, to have that energy. And I think it does in a way, and I want to talk to you about this later when we switch gears, Dougal, because um, it's really in front of mind for me, but I think in a way we need to look a little bit at the uh, root of the tradition. I think for us, we come from more of a tantric leaning mm -hmm. in our approach to mm -hmm. yoga, yeah. um, and which is for householders. Mm -hmm. And and if we think about what that looks like, there is a phase of householder life that is about arta, that is about wealth accumulation for mm. you, for your family, for for later, to mm -hmm. enable you to go live in the forest and get your mm -hmm. moksha or whatever happens. Um, that's in our tradition. And again, for, for anybody who comes from more of a fullness model, tantric perspective, um, so much of the teaching is about joy is about abundance is about bliss is about like that's the mm -hmm. um birthright totally. quality totally. and that, and that it's the the things that that come in front of us that that we you know it's the dust on the diamond that we forget this stuff and if you think about it more um if you think about it really pragmatically there was a role for aesthetics in in historical yoga not modern postural yoga mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> but in old yoga there was yeah. a role for aesthetics, um, but there was a society that was set up to support them, and they were withdrawing from the, from the world for a reason. And even if they, and even if you received those teachings at an ashram, there was a system in place such that the ashram was financially supported to enable mm -hmm. seekers to come and get the teachings and for mm -hmm. the teachers to be supported. So I think we're it's superficial to say that oh, yoga is not a business. I mean. Yoga, Vivekananda, for God's sake, needed a sponsor once he got to Chicago. Like, you know, <laughs> Yogananda needed those ladies who hosted him in their front parlor to do talks so mm. that he could do his work. Uh, Yogananda's dad had cash. Yogananda's dad bankrolled him to mm. come to the West. You know, mm. actually, in as far as modern postural yoga goes, there's never been a time when it's like, oh, no, no, it's not a business. 
It doesn't mean that it's an exploitative business, but there's nothing in our tradition that says business is bad. Actually, one of the four roles of a householder, one of the four stages of life is to go out and make bank. Do it in accordance to your dharma. Don't be an asshole. Give, tithe, you know, but but do it. It's not a crime to take cash, uh, five US dollars or ten US dollars or a hundred US dollars for a yoga, for a yoga class. It's, no, it's it not. is a crime to take five US dollars for a yoga class, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was ten and up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, this is the other thing. Yoga has value, right? Mm. Yoga mm. has value. I would be on probably have stomach ulcers. Who knows who I'd be if I didn't go to that first kids yoga class when I was eight? Let alone. All of the times that yoga has saved me since. Mm. It just means flipping someone off in the car or not. Mm. Like pulling me out, like I'm going to drive my car into a tree. I mean, yoga mm. has saved me. That has a value. And and in the sense of even if thinking about polarity and energy exchange, there is a prana exchange required. When you get something, you give something. This mm. is what abundance is, flowing of energy. So mm. why... Why wouldn't you charge for that? And if you want to, I don't know, swap lentil lasagna instead of money, fine. But there is a, <laughs> there is an energetic exchange because yoga has value. And I think where we get obscured is we mix up, um, we mix up belief systems that we have in us that we didn't get from yoga. That maybe mm. we got from our parents. Mm. Maybe we got them from something else in the New Age movement, or maybe we got them from our own sense of self worth. But we didn't get them from yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I think our own sense of self worth is overwhelmingly where I I see that um, the people turning up, you know, with the uh, with the uh, uh, hemp yoga mat and the uh, hand me down yoga clothes and um, and etc etc etc. Then they want to go on and teach. Uh, they're a social worker, something like this, and they want to go on and teach and save the universe. And um, I, in, in another way, you know, I have come from, uh, it was about trauma and fixing myself first. What you're saying is you got to fix yourself first before you can fix other people. That's a huge turning part in the having the confidence to go out there and, and help other people. You got to be able to. You, you've got to have fixed yourself and have your value of yourself before you can charge value for it, if you like. Um, yeah. Well, one. Of, I, I I agree with you in part, but I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think it might take me a few more incarnations yet to get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. body suffer. I am not. Um. So what <laughs> I like to say to people is like a workaround because if this is deep. Mm. Um. A workaround is, I, I, I know I used to think, I used to have terrible trouble even kinesthetically like actually receiving money from people after class. I had a little money pot mm. and it would be at the other end of the room so that I didn't mm. even have to like, come into contact with the money. I was that averse to it. Mm-hmm. But then I started to think about, okay, well, I might not feel like I'm worth it yet, but my teacher is and ah. his teacher is. Mm-hmm. And his teachers are, and there mm-hmm. are people behind me that, if I'm devaluing myself, I'm devaluing their teachings. So I mm-hmm. so it was a workaround for me. Well, I did my own work. Mm-hmm. I knew that 
what I got from my teacher is worth 20 bucks or whatever. Mm. That, mm-hmm. I, that might help people that just feel that the gap is too wide. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so you, you kind of uh, plaster over, fake it till you make it, if you like. Uh, anyway. A little bit. Mm. Yeah, and, and do the work alongside it so that you close the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, discussions I often have with people who want to want to help people because yoga teachers want to help yes. people, yeah. as you're saying. You you want to help people. I want to help people. I had a great um, uh, I had a teacher training two weeks ago where <laughs> a quarter of the students had knee injuries, had knee surgery. Uh, and um, my teacher training seemed to get people fresh out of surgery these days. <laughs> uh, so they turned up to this teacher training with uh, four of them had um, knee surgeries. And um, of course, I was like, okay, well, I want to I help you. And at the end of the training, they come, oh my God, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. That's, and there's way, and one of them was an Iron Man. So he's, he's my age, going on 47 this year. He's Iron Man, and he wants to run Iron Man at the end of the year. The beginning of the training, I said, You're crazy. The end of the training, I said, Yeah, go for it. You're totally fixed. Off, off you go. And that is more than, you know, the however many dollars I can't even remember he paid for the training. Just that, just that example. Um, the value that we are creating is, is 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 massive every time and i have one the other the the other people who weren't um distance runners with knee surgery the other woman said i got one yoga student and she comes all the time every time to my classes and every time she the first class she came to she couldn't come down the stairs she's running in a basement this now she skips up the stairs and goes wow my life's totally different and i said well there you go there you go. That shows what you're doing. And for me, you know, looking at you, I've worked with you. Um, you give people somehow the the ability to move from where they've been to feeling that abundance. Is that was that where you would say you're you're allowing people, you're permitting people, you're allowing them to get to this, to make this crossing somehow in a safe way is that how you see a lot of what you're doing oh oh, oh, thanks Dougal I would like to think that that happens and you know I I guess I have feedback that I that I have received from from clients and people in my community and and I guess maybe well this is like anything you know it wasn't until I really was injured that I could be much more humble about my teaching you know I think Mm -hmm. when we because I've had that experience and I've you know I've, I've cried for hours after my first photo shoot because of how confronted, I've, you know, I've done so much of the wow. stuff that I see very common with people. Mm. I, I, I really have um, a lot of love and compassion for that journey um, mm. because I mean, it still it persists. It's not like you, it's not no. Shakti Pat. It's, <laughs> no. it's ongoing revelation. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that there's a healing that needs to happen um, because because at the moment it seems like there is quite a broad spectrum with with very commercialized and I don't have a judgment on this at all but just to, to shine a light on it very commercialized um, high-end business lots of money being made mm-hmm. and then there are people who have who are still um, you know can't pay their bills mm. um, and are in situations that are, are toxic or doing damage to themselves and there's nothing 
necessarily in the quality of the teaching that differs across that spectrum. No, 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 I, I, I could vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the most beautiful, handsomest uh, rock star yoga teacher. It was an awful class. Uh, <laughs> I was there. I was, I've been at one of those. <laughs> but it was beautiful experience. Um, yeah. It was awful class. And I've been to, you know, I've been to a cold, windy church in, um, uh, in Aberdeen um with little old ladies with no heating it was amazing but i was freezing my freezing my bones off um so yeah totally now so you are um you are an abundance channeler if you like you are an abundance bringer how do you how do you what are the steps that people go from there you you must you must have a a clear a clear progression path that you see from people are there is there not you're shaking your head well in a way i guess it's like yoga i mean you can teach everybody the same sequence but they're going to have different needs and different sections or different mm -hmm. strengths different weaknesses so i don't uh, definitely with my coaching everybody's unique and that's the beauty of it so but there are mm -hmm. some common themes mm. um and i think um one of the things that I do think is important is that depending on the school that you came up through, if you came up through a school that has a really classical, um, you know, um, aesthetic kind of like, I'm just going to go there, Dougal, because I suspect that your, your podcast is okay to be a bit controversial. But if you generally sure. came from a school that was like I heart Patanjali, there yeah. is a chance that you may have bought some baggage with you about how it's wrong to charge for yoga mm -hmm. and how it's wrong to be showy and brassy and all of those things, wear the sexy stuff and all that. Mm. Um, and so I think one thing that is really important is actually when people start working with me, they, they get to be around other people who share their um, commitment to whether it's yamas, niyamas, dharma, whatever you want to call it, but they want to do a good job as a human. Mm. And they and they're all, but they're also around people who actually love money, love mm. making it, love giving it away, love spending it, love investing it, love treating themselves well, love modeling that to their students, their kids, their partners. And so mm -hmm. you start to see, oh, hang on a second, maybe there are people that I can look to that do believe in prosperity and abundance and being a great human mm. all at the same time. And mm. if you haven't had exposure to that, if you've only seen your teacher who you really look up to but who believes that you should undercharge and that you should give heaps of stuff away and that everything is really difficult, mm. it's hard to know that there's a different way of being. So I suspect part of the work starts when people just surround themselves with uh, yoga teachers who have a different outlook on wealth creation, business, and sharing the gifts of yoga in a way that's serving for everybody not just mm. the students mm. now my and, then the, yeah, and then yeah. and then so that's sort of like the sh the shakti part but the mm. shiva part is like there are some really simple things that you need to do that you're probably not doing <laughs> <laughs> okay so my first yoga photo shoot um which was taken by my at the time um seven-year-old daughter with my uh with my not even iphone because iphones are too expensive back in those days um 
uh, with like my, I think it was a, probably a Tony phone or something from China. I had a, uh, I used to have like a, a, a Tony Ericsson. That's so the Sony Ericsson used to be a phone. I used to have a Tony Ericsson phone, which was uh, it's a fake Sony Ericsson uh, from China. Um, <laughs> Tony Ericsson. <laughs> so, so my my daughter was taking photos, and um, I wouldn't. I probably should show you these one days, but there's me uh, next to a tree, uh, and most of the time I was actually partially obscured by the tree uh, in the photo shoot. And um, I look at them nowadays where it's like so close up, you can see like you can see the, the wrinkles on my face and the, uh, uh, the food in my teeth and the hairs in my nose. Uh, it's, it's brutal. Um, so I, looking back at those, I was petrified of showing myself to the world. So once you've, so you've surrounded yourself with people, now what, do you, what are the couple of concrete things that people can do, Amy? You you just alleged alleged to it. There are some really easy things. What do you what are the what are the really obvious things that people can do to start getting themselves out there a little bit? All right. So I can't we can't go on without addressing the photo shoot situation. Just very very briefly, if I can take a very <laughs> brief tangent, Fair because enough. this is something that I hear all the time. I'm too lumpy. Too when I lose some weight, I'm too old. I don't have the right clothes. All of that stuff. You know, everyone else on Instagram is like a model and I'm a hag. I can never be on social media. And and so the thing I have to say about that is the reason that people that look like us aren't on social media is because people like us aren't putting their pictures on social media. That's it. <laughs> There's no like social media ban that says, hey fatty, uh-uh, not you. Like that's just because we're judging ourselves in that way. And in fact, the people who want to come to my classes they don't want to go to Dylan Werner's class. The people who come to my class are going to look at Dylan Werner and think, hell no. Mm, yeah. <laughs> no way. But her with a bit of the mm. tummy. Yeah. All right. I can take that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we, we got to, even though it's terrifying, people want to connect with their teacher. They want to know the real stuff. Maybe don't, you know, floss first, but mm. showing up as who you actually are. That's what attracts the people that you actually want to teach. Bingo, bingo. Mm. So that that's important. But as far as like mm. other stuff, oh my God, people, here's some, okay, here's some love. If you're new to me, I apologize. This may be abrasive. One, <laughs> please let people buy stuff from you from the internet. No wow. more like send me a check, pay on the day. Here's my bank details. Stop it. Let people buy things from you on the internet. Two, yes, you need a website. Facebook is not your website. People will presume you're not professional unless you have a website. Three, yes, you need so to use social media. It's not Ruktabija in a new form. It's actually a really <laughs> beautiful, free way that you can be in service to people who might like to come to your class or might, lock, might not. Mm. Share stuff on there from the heart. Be authentic. Mm. You don't have to overshare, but share from the heart, and trust that the right people will be attracted to come work with you. And four, there is something very profound about understanding that in choosing to become a yoga teacher, you did choose to become a business owner, and you may need some training on that front. You spent at least 200 hours learning how to teach people how to get in and out of Trikonasana. Why on earth wouldn't you need to take some time to study how to actually run a business? That's mm. there before, right there. There would be four. Now, uh, uh, 
I guess we'll to go with four because that's okay. that's uh, <laughs> that's the one which so many people say to me like um, no actually I do a little bit I, I channel my inner Amy McDonald at the end of our present training and I do like a mini my impression of you um, I actually whip up some of the atrocious websites that you show people um, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> I've got this one poor lady on the internet who's running a yoga business with no photos of herself, mm. and there is a uh, there is a shakti bowl uh, sitting there with some incense, and um, there's then you go onto the uh, uh, onto her classes schedule, and there's a um, a Shutterstock uh, photo of some people with a Pilates ball, um, but. Before we get into that stuff, so you are you are becoming a business owner, but let's. What is a business? A business is just a vessel for you to get out there and and do your do your thing, right? Is it? A, am I oversimplifying it? I don't think so, but it deserves respect, and it gets to be a part of your sadhana. Like really, bring it mm-hmm. in. Stop having it out there as this thing that needs doing, and bring it into your practice. Get mm-hmm. it to be part of how you show up and serve and be a good human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I tell my students this quite regularly, like uh, Trikonasana these days doesn't bring me out in sweat. What brings me out in, they say, well, Dougal, what does bring you out in sweat? I've got the longest hamstrings in Scotland. Um, so they say, well, Dougal, what does bring you out in sweat? And I say, well, what brings me out in sweat is my accounts. Like you tell me how much money I've made this month. I'm like, my palms get clammy my armpits get get sweaty uh, I start worrying and that but that is exactly how I used to look at trikonasana like trikonasana I go oh, oh, oh that's gonna hurt that's gonna hurt oh, I don't like that but now you know my accounts are the same same as trikonasana I don't have the longest um, the longest uh, uh, longest in counts in Scotland <laughs> not yet uh, but I don't, I don't come out in a cold sweat in them anymore. So you're absolutely right. It's just yeah. the same stuff as yeah. we, as we did, back yeah. on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice. And um, so you, so we, so you're totally reframing this whole thing. And um, that's you know that's no mean that's no mean feat because um, I've seen people uh, go from go from crazy, unkempt, unloved to almost yoga superstardom. Some some of your some of your beautiful cases. You just put up Sarah, who both of us know uh, the other day, out and I, I literally went, oh my God. <laughs> she was probably at that training that we did in Singapore. She when was. When we first met each she other. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 She's now, a, look at her go. I mean, amazing, amazing. Yeah. She's how she's she's older than me. Not that that should be any difference, but she's she started from scratch. She's just moved to UK um, two years ago, a year and a half ago. About a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is this is all stuff which can happen. Now tell us um, a little bit. So how does working with Amy McDonald work? Because uh, whether people work with you or not, as you said earlier, not necessarily, they might not necessarily jump into your whole thing. But what what do you do with people? Sure. Well, um, so you can uh, definitely, if you want to get a better sense of me and learn a bit more of my stuff, you can listen to my podcast, which is called Abundant 
yoga teachers and it's not on stitcher you have to go to apple podcasts and other things what's, but go find what's, it what's stitcher let's see ha, what's it? so abundant yoga teacher get on that um and then um the other key way i guess is i have a six month business yoga business training program uh, it's called grow your yoga biz and um and it's where I t- go through the teachings over eight modules um, to get people like Sarah from, I'm scared of technology, I don't know what to do, I love yoga, mm-hmm. but I'm, I have aversion to business, um, I, I have self-doubt, through, I don't know how to write and all this, like, get you from that place, being a hobbyist, to actually being a business owner um, and learning the fundamentals and overcoming those limiting beliefs that, that not only are they keeping you stuck, but they're preventing the people who need what only you have from getting it. Like mm-hmm. there is everyone who's listening that's teaching yoga and has got like four and a half people coming on a Wednesday night. <laughs> there are more people in your town who need what you have. They just don't know that you're there or that you're mm-hmm. warm and friendly or that they're going to be safe and okay and not judged coming to you. So it's, mm. it's not just that we're getting in our own way. We're preventing people from getting the gift of yoga if we're hiding and playing small so that program is essentially gets people from from yoga teaching hobbyist to abundant yoga business owner over six months you can check it out uh, on my website which is amymcdonald.com.au unless you want dallas real estate then just wow that that'll be after we've become abundant we'll be into dallas (laughs) you in my house in texas oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome and um and give give us a couple of so give us a couple you don't have to share their names but have you got a, a some really cinderella stories that you can share you know you i've got, got so many of them um and i just want to be really clear on this because i'm a coach and i work in the business coaching industry mm. um you know, it's like yoga. No, I'm never going to be able to sit in Padmasana. Even though you could tell me how you've got all of your students into Padmasana, it's never going to work for my hips. Mm. That's just the way that I... So, you know, I, I've got so many beautiful stories to share to inspire people and no one's journey is going to be the same. Mm. But, mm. I mean, a great example, I um, I have a client in... Uh, he teaches yoga, just only teaches yoga for men. And he was telling me that um, he, he was a quite successful finance guy and quit that in his mid-50s and decided yoga was the thing, went to Rishikesh, became back a yoga teacher. Rishikesh. And we started working together. He, was, he wasn't sure if he wanted to hire me. He was talking to some other guy who had the like make money fast and take a photo with your Lamborghini kind of thing going on. But luckily <laughs> he chose me and um, he just started teaching. He's been teaching for about a year. And he said to me on our call this week that last week was his highest earning week and he made $1,200 in the week and that, that he made... That's Aussie dollars. That's Aussie and that okay. he um, and that he had um, just been approached, he's, he's been approached by a government agency that's going to pay him $1,000 to teach two yoga classes. Holy um, pants. For Men's Health Week. He's just been on national TV about yoga for men and Men's Health Week and on a, on a local radio station and and he's just got back from um, studying with one of our teachers, uh, Dougal, and he's like loving his life. He never thought, he says to me often, I never actually thought, I know you told me that we could do this, but I never actually thought it was possible. And and he, the confidence that he's got as a teacher and the way that he really owns what he's doing now, that's what lights me up. Like he's clear that these blokes are my people 
mm. you know, older men that are that have got sore backs and all the rest of it, and you know, they're who he wants to teach, and that, and he's pursuing it, and it's. Holy it's Ganesha, working. there's a few old men with bad backs, huh? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, in the country, country Aussies is what he's going for, and it's working. It's, he loves it. Do do you actually say Australia? Do you actually say that? A lot so of that, people say Australia. A lot of people. Yeah, without the Oz. I had this is one of the top questions I wanted to have for this podcast yeah. is to ask yeah. you how to say Australia properly. Is that right? Oh, you mean like real Australia? If you're actually yeah. from fucking Australia, you just say Australia. That's what I've been told. Thanks yeah. for confirming that. No one actually. No. Yeah. No, don't say that. There's a hashtag. You'll you know you'll see some interesting things if you use that hashtag. <laughs> We're getting crazy. So we get into the time in the podcast where you and I uh, talk yoga. We don't talk oh about stuff anymore. Oh my god! Uh, I'm so anymore. excited about this. So what's hot in? What are the top things in yoga land on the mat which are which are which you're enjoying these days? Well, actually, this is not an on the mat thing, but I'm wondering if we could talk about it anyway. I'm kind of I'm really lit up at the moment, Dougal, about this idea of like post-lineage yoga. A couple of mm. weeks ago, I read, read the Remsky book about Patabi Joyce mm. and um, and just sort of unpacking all of that. Um, we had a yoga ashram here in Australia. We had a Royal Commission for Institutional Sexual Abuse of Children finished up I think, mm. last year. Yoga mm. ashram came up in that. Um, and people are starting to talk about post-lineage yoga, but there's something in me that feels really conflicted and sad about that. Mm. Just kind of, I'm interested to know how that's coming up in your networks and how you're sitting with that and what it means. Ooh, oh, let's 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 talk Sorry. about something light, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Holy Christ! Yeah, I mean, I think um, I mean both of my main teachers, uh, one of who you, you and I both share, Noah Maze, but also my other. Um, teacher Paul Grilly, both of them would argue greatly that the, the guru model is broken. I think both of them say uh, that in different ways. Um, you know, with all the scandals and sex and drugs and child abuse and blah, 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 and me too, um, there's no way that we can, we can pull back from disassociating with all that ickiness and yuckiness. Um, but on the other hand, we've got from from you know running around in loincloths um, in India to now what is a massive system. And just of what you've said, you know, yoga is not um, in our discussion today. Yoga is not is not a it's not an A to B trajectory where you just follow the steps. Um, you need people with all of their baggage, with all their good, their bad, their warts and all, you need these people to be involved taking us um, on this journey. And the, I mean, you just talk, you just walk in, walk into any other thing in life from, uh, uh, from hair and beauty. In one of the studios I work in Italy, there's the, one of Italy's largest, uh, hair salon training studios <laughs> it's so funny so we're all we'll go in there in our in our lulu and our sweaty betty etc with our mats and then there's rows of girls just um shampooing mannequins <laughs> <laughs> and there's a woman wandering up and down with what looks like you know a big bamboo whip going 
No, 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 you're not shampooing. You have to go more, you know. <laughs> and TikTok bias. Uh, and, you know, humans involved. And she's going, she's throwing a wobbly. And the student's going, um, so I, you know, my point is that humans are involved. I think the, mm-hmm. the, 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 and the system is beautiful. I love almost, you know, I, I want to run up to Noah and kiss him. And I want to. Paul will never let me run up to him and kiss him. Um, but I, I want to. These people have helped me in more than just you know, you know, z- zeros, ones, ways. Um, this is always going to be a messy system. How we get from there to, to, to how do we improve the guru system? I'm, I'm not sure. What thoughts then, do you have? Well, so this is the thing. I get like the guru thing. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a gr- bit of a Krishna Das uh, groupie, and the way he talks about his guru, I have the pining for the. Like, but mm. putting that aside, I was I had lunch with a, a friend who's an Ashtangi the other week, and uh, hardcore, you know, my sore every day, like into it, and and she was kind of a bit sort of lost and bereft. What do I do now? Because it's mm. not okay. You take the take the man out of the situation, mm-hmm. but it's the t- what do we? How do we then? Do we need to re-interrogate the teachings? Like, I think it was Remsky, and I, I apologize if it wasn't, who was very briefly in his fantastic book was talking about Mr. Iyengar, Light on Yoga. It's my call go-to text. It's like broken yeah. into three parts. I've used it so much. That's what I teach. And he was mm. making the point that Mr. Iyengar never had any medical training. How the mm. hell does he know about the thyroid and the pituitary gland and what's mm. good for what? Um, mm. And yet we've taken that on and people will say blood pressure this and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and I was at a, a yenga class the other day and I let it slip that I was on the first day of my cycle and I could tell she was coming over to tell me to go do something <laughs> else and I live in the country getting to that class was like two hours in the car I was not missing out and then I thought oh hang on is that even a thing or is that the fact that Mr. Iyengar was mm. in the Brahmin situation and women are dirty and you shouldn't be here now like mm. I don't even so it's not so much even just like the human part it's about what have we presumed because of the pedestals that we've put those teachers on what have we presumed about the integrity and the truthfulness of the teachings and do we need to look at them again so maybe maybe we just you know the other part of me so i love i'm into um i'm into the the icky gooey romance of yoga with all of its weirdness but you know uh and i just put that on uh there's just been a new york times ad article about about this um about not doing inversions and uh again on facebook i I just innocently put that up there and then woof um uh lots of discussion but maybe it's just maybe we just treat it like it's like science like back in the day we thought if you chucked an apple it would roll and then go off the edge of the planet and but now we know that that's not the case um Iyengar knew stuff he moved the ball forward now we the ball's in our hands and we can go yeah he knew stuff but we know stuff that he didn't and we can move this forward um the other half of me goes that's the way that's the way yes because there's something there's nostalgia there don't you think for I love my teachers I would never have got into handstand and pinchamayarasana and extract blah 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 asana if it wasn't for them but there's stuff that they said which makes me go uh what hang on are you sure 
And then when you check, like, you never did science. Well, where did that come up from? Well, I did do science, or I've read a couple of books, or I've spent time with scientists, and actually I know that's okay. Well, you were wrong, but that's that's fine. Mm. Um, we don't we don't throw Einstein out with the bathwater when uh, when we realize some of we just say he knew stuff, but some stuff he didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because I, I see what you mean. I mean, you don't wanna. I don't wanna have to take down the posters of my teachers and uh, and stop loving them because they said something wrong about my hamstrings or you know. Yeah. Not where I should put my knee. What do you think of that? Does that does that make it a little bit more workable? I think so. You know, um, over the weekend I rewatched *Carmageddon*. The *Carmageddon*. Film. Yeah, you know the film about Bhagwan Das. No. Oh my God, dude! Or how? I'm coming over right now. I'm going to book a ticket. I'm coming to your place. We're going to watch it. *Carmageddon*. Yeah, it's a documentary about Bhagwan Das. Anyway, okay. and I watch it because it throws me into this state of. Like it's like it's being in the Tillai forest. Like you, it's so murky. And what mm. is the? And I think maybe that's sort of one of the things that's at the heart of yoga. It is like you said, it's the murkiness and the. What do I make of this for myself? Of of all mm. of the confusion. Mm. Well, I, I I guess it's like growing up. Like I got two teenage kids. Um, uh, they and I remember, you know, eventually realizing somewhere in my mid 40s that actually I am running the world now in my own little way I'm running my own little community um, and to take responsibility for that and in a way you and I have kind of left the uh, left the uh, Tillai forest behind and we're out you know in Ayodhya now um, with our shiny yoga pants etc Maybe I don't know. I think I have a day pass. <laughs> at, least a li- at least a little bit. Um, you know, you do what you can for your communities and try and and try and keep keep the model going. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we are reaching the end of our time, Miss uh, Amy McDonald. That's it's been my honor. You have you have been someone who's who's affected my yoga journey big time. Um, it's it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, this is an audio uh, podcast, but your teeth are so white, they're screaming through the screen. Your smile I just is... up, I've just turned up the brightness on my monitor. It's, it's not Shakti, it's just my monitor. Uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's Google. been a pleasure. Um, it's absolutely mutual. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Be well. And uh, Australia. No, I said I put the O's on the front. Australia. There's no L. No L. There's no L? No, okay, can you show me how to do it? Australia. 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 Ah. Hey! Australia. Good night. We love you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.